0: You have questions? We have answers. We're two Southern moms on the backside of raising kids. And we have some things to say. We've lived life, made mistakes, and learned some lessons.
1: Join us for answers to the questions you just want to ask your mom.
0: To another Just Ask Your Mom podcast. I'm Bonnie Blaylock. And I'm Renee Sprouls. We're laying it out today, people. Some of (laughs) our tried and true rules for life that we've learned, not the hard way, or maybe stumbled upon in our mm, several decades on this planet.
1: Yeah, you tallied it up, and we have a combined 10 decades of wisdom here, or at least strong opinion. (laughs) Yeah,
0: one of the two. (laughs) So we're just going to tell you. 10 rules for life that we have and you can take them or leave them. That's right. Okay. Number one, let's just jump in. Yeah. Uh, You can eat the whole elephant one bite at a time. I, this is one of mine. I used to Mm -hmm. freak out routinely about change and all these looming giant tasks or goals that were set before me. And in my twenties, I almost backed out of going to grad school because the thought of shouldering another year of the grind with people that I didn't know who are probably all smarter than me with very little money sent me into this big spiral. Well, I mean, it's intimidating so, and you're so
1: young I wa- yeah, thinking about that, you know, just
0: early 20s. So anyway, I learned that it is much saner to approach big things bit by bit, smaller, obtainable, doable pieces. And that's going to get you to the end eventually.
1: Yeah. You were telling me this about when you were writing your recent book, how, right. you, how you went about it.
0: Because the thought of writing 100,000 words is overwhelming. I, I can't do that, but I could write 500. Mm hmm four or five days a week until those numbers added up to a whole book. So same thing with just little habits. I, I used to tell my kids this all the time when they were approaching something like, Oh, terrible chemistry homework or something like that. You know, maybe you have 10 problems where we're just working on one right now. Let's just work on one. That's take right. take a deep breath. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, so yeah. And this applies to parenting for sure. So making it from newborn stage to having a three-year-old seems crazy impossible, especially once you have the, newborn yes. like you know when you have when you're pregnant it's like oh this is gonna be great and all these different stages but if all i have to do is make it to the next feeding time then you can be good with that right like um we had samantha perkins on our podcast yes
0: i loved her she wrote that book alive af uh, alcohol free alcohol free and she used to say her motto was i'm not drinking right now which is yeah. just literal moment by moment
1: Yeah, I love that. I have actually used that nugget of wisdom from the podcast um, for lots of different things that seem like, oh, it's going to be really hard to do that fasting or changing your diet or Mm -hmm. drinking or anything. Yeah. I'm not doing that right now.
0: Overcoming a habit of any kind. Yeah. 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 It's so good. Love that.
1: All right. One of mine is almost nothing is forever. So this is kind of related to yours, Bonnie, about eating the elephant. One of the worst things that I could do to myself mentally was when things were hard with my newborn or toddler or young child or teen, is to tell myself that the way things are today is the way things will always be.
0: <laughs> and <laughs> even though it seems that way, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, and it worked in reverse actually in my favor. When things were beautiful and dreamy and smooth and good with my kids, I could savor the moment because you guessed it, I was remembering that almost nothing is forever. So one thing that is guaranteed in life, especially raising children, is change.
0: Yes, we all know that for sure. Yeah. As soon as you get used to one phase, it's going to change to another one. Yeah,
1: it, it is. And, um, and even though our world is ever changing, when you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can enjoy the constancy of his work for you and for the world, even amidst what Paul calls our light and momentary troubles.
0: Which don't always feel so light and momentary. Sometimes they feel pretty heavy.
1: Yeah, they do. And so I just like to recall what Paul wrote to the Corinthian church. I'll read it to you at 2 Corinthians four sixteen through 18. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. You feel like you're wasting away outwardly? I feel like that, Bonnie, a little bit more often these days. <laughs> a few more aches and pains. Yeah. Yep. For our light and momentary troubles, are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Nothing is forever except eternity. That's right. Easter that's what, and that's, forever.
1: and that's why I said the almost. Uh-huh. You know, I was like, nothing is forever. Well, almost nothing is forever. There right. is something that is forever.
0: And it's just a good reality check that it's probably it's a, not what you're mm-hmm. what you're focusing on in the heat of the moment or in your day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's a good one. That's a good one. I
1: love this next one so much. Lay it on us, Bonnie. <laughs> okay,
0: this next one, uh, number three. You're not that special. And I don't mean that in an insulty kind of way. It's not an anti self esteem thing. Have all the self esteem you want. Go ahead.
1: Y'all know that if you've listened to this, Bonnie is all about the good nice <laughs> self esteem. I'm like, you're a sinner. <laughs> you're
0: worse than you think. You're in desperate need of Jesus. <laughs> Which okay, whatever. But you're also full of grace, and you have power, and you have grace. Yes, all the things yes. with you. So anyway, what I mean by you're not that special is one. We are all worthy and human and deserving of good things. Amen. There is nothing in me that deserves higher treatment than the next guy and vice versa. Mm. So Beyonce might be talented and she might be queen bee, but she is not better than me. Mm -hmm. We all look the same in a hospital gown and we all suffer. No one's suffering is better than somebody else's. It's not a competition. We all struggle with sports bras. We all need to use toilet paper. Sometimes we feel sad or humiliated or sick. We're yeah. all in the same boat, so you're not that special.
1: Yeah, I mean, it. This is the image of God in humanity. That's what you're describing. We're all image bearers of God. Every person you pass is an eternal image bearer. Right. Right. Of the Everyone creator of story. the universe.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, and you know Jesus had to do all those things too. Yeah. All the dirty, gritty did he human have things. Toilet paper though. Honey? I don't know what this. <laughs> What they did in the Middle East, <laughs> in B.C. But everything else. Century. Everything else. I don't really know. Yeah. He probably didn't wear a sports bra they either. He didn't? I was struck by just lightning. thinking. Oh, my goodness. This has gone off the rails. All right. <laughs> the second part of you're not that special means that people probably aren't really thinking about you that much. As much as you uh, in your teens and your 20s and probably early 30s, you just uh, sometimes can make yourself miserable comparing yourself to other people. hmm and replaying conversations, did you, you know, laying awake at night, oh, I should have said this, or I wonder if she thought that I meant this, or things like that, or the way you entered a room, any of the little, little things, really, people aren't concerned about you.
1: Yeah, you know, women do this a lot. They do it a lot. Yeah, it's not super healthy, stop doing it. Yeah, I probably could have done it a little more. I'll be honest. But you're right. That is that is a healthy reset to go. You know what? They're not probably pondering me
0: as much as I'm as much as I'm me.
1: pondering me, right? And so, yeah, it's it's a humility thing.
0: I guess it is. I mean, who am I to think that everybody that has seen me this day has continued to think about me,
1: right? <laughs> in every
0: moment of their day.
1: Okay, put think of it this way, Bonnie. Can you think of the the last person you saw whose um, zipper was unzipped? Nope. Me either.
0: That's a great example. No. And, right. and they've probably gone on and been humiliated and felt terrible about it for the next week. Right. I really? know how
1: I felt when I walked around with like a booger in my nose. And I get home and I'm like, really? Nobody's nice <laughs> enough to me to tell me?
0: Right. And we two different
1: pairs of shoes to church one morning. <laughs> boots, no less. Two
0: different colored oh, boots. I love it. I love it. And nobody, yeah. Eh.
1: So I can't remember the last person I saw with some sort of faux pas. Like that? No. They're not remembering you either. They're not. Yeah. So just Great. take heart
0: in that and move on. Good. Feel, be free,
1: people. Be, be free. Be free. All right. Number four is mine. You're probably doing what you want or believe. So at some point in my child rearing years, I began to notice that I would tell myself things like, you can't do this or that because you fill in the blank or stay at home mom because you homeschool because you don't make enough money because you don't have the time. You get the idea.
0: Mm hmm.
1: One day, God showed me that almost every time I'm doing what I'm comfortable with or what I actually just want to do. So for me, a really easy example is exercise. I use this line with exercise a lot. I would say, I don't have time to exercise. My kids are my priority. One day when my schedule is different and I'm not homeschooling, I'll exercise regularly. When I can pay for a gym membership, I'll exercise you get the idea. I had a lot of these. Yeah, God <laughs> convicted me that, no, I actually don't want to exercise. And these are my excuses. And not only that, but if I actually believed in all the health benefits of exercise, I might actually do it. So that conversation in my head was just a way to justify my choices so I didn't feel so guilty and disappointed in myself.
0: Hmm. Yep. I can totally relate to that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you fast forward to your 50s and I've started peeling this onion even more. Sometimes what I'm doing isn't motivated by desire like or in lack of desire. I don't want to exercise. Mm-hmm. It's motivated by a wrong belief, a lie, to put it frankly. So mm-hmm. if I believe that my performance affects my worth, then I'm going to be a perfectionist. But if I replace that lie with the truth, something like the faithful trying brings God joy and he's in charge of the results, then I'm much more likely to be okay with trying and failing. And Whatever behavior is holding me back from my relationships with my family and friends and God a lot of times is related to something I'm believing that's
0: actually not true. Right. So how do you find out that it's not true? If you're believing it, you think that's just the way things are. Do you have people in your life that come along and say, I've noticed you're acting in these certain ways and that's not really reality or do you just yeah how do you yes, come to the truth certainly
1: a good friend could do it your spouse could do it they probably know mm-hmm. you yeah. david could have told me
0: mm-hmm. you know
1: you hate to exercise why don't you just be honest with yourself <laughs> yeah. i didn't ask him like share and moonstruck <laughs> snap out of it <laughs> so yeah certainly certainly someone who knows you well and loves you could tell you that information i kind of sat with god and just asked I mean, as a prayer i guess what am i believing that's not true Yeah, about fill in the blank. What am I believing about my mothering Mm. that's not true? And usually it has a grain of truth in it. That's the best lie, right? Yeah. It's got a little bit of truth in there. Mm. And so, and then I just ask him, all right, so if that's a lie or one of the lies, now what's actually true? And I just sit and listen and a Bible verse will come to mind or a sentence will come to mind Mm. and I can write that down or type it. There's a you sent me, um, we'll talk about her later in the podcast actually today. I think Dr. Caroline Leaf uh, did an interview recently on the Ed Milot oh, right. uh, podcast. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she has a process that I've done parts of that. You kind of get okay. curious about your emotions, your behavior, and you kind of look at like your perspective, which is to me, the lie. Right. Or, this is never going to change. Yeah. That's one yeah, of the yeah. lies I was telling myself mm-hmm. when I had um, Emma re- really, really little. And so I just kept telling myself, this is never going to change. This is never going to change. Well, I believed that and to the point of anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. And so when I went to therapy, they were like, well, what's actually the truth? They did this with me. <laughs> the truth is that you're a good mom because you're doing things that are hard that you don't like. And it's actually very loving to do things for people that don't bring you don't give you any payback Hmm. don't bring you any joy right now right and um, moms who are getting something from this stage that they really love it's not as hard for
0: them yeah so I think you could um, I think you could pretty easily uh, that example in particular with parenting or relationships women are pretty good about dissecting that for each other at least my friends are to sort of when you're sort of moping around and saying stuff and kicking yourself is kind of putting that to a stop. Like, Hey, 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 wait a second. You don't need to be saying that about yourself. Mm -hmm. That's not true. Here's Mm -hmm. what I'm seeing or here's what, here's what the truth is. So we should do that for each other way more often. I think than we do. Don't let, don't let your friends wallow in that kind of wrong belief.
1: Yeah. And just to be clear, I've really learned this in the last year. Or so this procedure of just sitting there and listening. Yeah. And, um, and so I did this in the middle of a conversation with a young mom friend recently. And she was telling me some stuff going on in her marriage and they're just not in a good spot where, okay, hello. Mm-hmm. All of us get in not good right. spots, Happens right? That's everybody. a totally normal thing. Right. And I just said, Hey, Jesus, can you show her? I said this out loud. Jesus, can you show her the lie she's believing about her marriage right now? And we just sat in awkward silence Mm -hmm. and she sat there until she heard what Jesus said.
0: I mean, God, if you're asking him to show up, he's going to show up. He's going
1: to show up. He doesn't leave you hanging. Every time. That's a question he wants to answer. He wants your marriage good. He wants you good. He wants your children in in a happy home. Mm -hmm. Um, And we just kind of went, that's how our conversation meandered, meandered for about an hour and a half. Just... Talking, then asking Jesus to show us. He's so gracious to do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I love that one. Yeah. So dissect your motives a little bit there and ask God to show you. Mm -hmm. Okay. My number five is rules for life. Sit by water or go outside. Because you've heard us say this on here lots of times. We're made for nature. Even little tiny babies in the throes of colic or tantrum can calm down with a bath. Or walking outside on a dark night. I love this quote. Oliver Sacks said that in forty years of medical practice, he found only two types of non-pharmaceutical therapy to be vitally important for patients with chronic neurological diseases: music and gardens. I
1: I loved this answer. This rule for life. It's so true. That's I mean that's put them in water or take them outside. Mm -hmm. That's what all the grandmothers right. Wisdom would tell you. So that's with for that babies. babies. If it's
0: good for babies, it's good for you Absolutely. too. So when you're freaking out and you haven't had a break in a while, or whatever, step outside, put your feet in the grass, look up at the sky, take some deep breaths. Every time it calms yeah. me down every time. Yeah. So I've always liked to play in the dirt. I was kind of a tomboy was never didn't care about being sweaty or dirty. But really, once I had a home and the busyness of life seemed to take over the garden, even if I was just planting flowers and pots on the deck, uh, or sitting sitting out there in the morning with the birds in the breeze just it just gives you this peace we're made for nature and I know why the old folks used to sit on their front porches so much now because when you witness the world's pain and suffering over the decades as mm-hmm. you will as we all mm-hmm. will finding an inchworm or watching the little birds leave the nest just restores your hope somehow so I think God made the world specifically for that purpose There was
1: a study recently, I was talking with some friends, um, uh, maybe we can find it and link to it in the show notes, that said that this piece of advice, sitting by water and going outside, it was as effective or sometimes actually more effective than antidepressants in a clinical trial. I
0: believe it. Mm -hmm.
1: Were were that um, cut off from nature? I know I was. Yeah. When I was feeling anxious and depressed, I was not getting outside.
0: Right. So in our everyday lives most of us just go from home to car to road to store back to the car back to home and there's not really a whole lot of time for just sitting and being outside that's totally what i was doing
1: mm-hmm. and you know being in the south it was not fit to be outside <laughs> right. in certain months of the year right. and I, you got to figure it out
0: i got bugs so i
1: got the movement figured out i was exercising but inside a gym
0: you yeah. know not outside yeah. and
1: uh, when i visited my friend Jana in china she said gyms are very rare. They only have outdoor play equipment for adults hmm. because they believe you must, as a human being, be outside on the earth to exercise. And now, of course, there's all this stuff about grounding and the magnetic fields and all that. And that sure. they're actually measuring, you know, you're getting something mm-hmm. from some kind of energy from being out there.
0: Right. No surprise to me. Not just nope. refreshing. Right. God planned it that way the, yeah. whole, the whole time. He put us in a garden. Yeah.
1: Okay, mine number six is whatever you do, do it as if you are working for the Lord, because you are working for the Lord. So when I asked my kids what they remember me telling them again and again, this popped to the top for both Emma and Houston. This was the epiphany that helped me move from depression in the early days of motherhood to a steady joy and dignity in that life stage, even though I still felt pretty anonymous and I was pretty humbled. So getting up to nurse a crying baby, I'm doing that for Jesus. Changing another diaper, I'm changing it as unto the Lord. Cooking dinner, I'm feeding my family and Jesus, because he's actually there in my house, you know. That's right. That's what he <laughs> says in
0: Matthew 25, right? Yep. Yeah, when the Son of Man comes in all his glory and all the angels with him, he's going to sit on a, on a throne. All the nations will be gathered before him. He will separate the people. As a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats, puts the sheep on the right, the goats on his left. And then he says, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Because I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. How many times have you given your child a sippy cup today? I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And the
1: righteous are going to ask him, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in? Or when did you need clothes? And we clothed you. When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? And he will reply. Truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Mm -hmm. Following God, you know, trusting and following Jesus, being a member of the family of God it gives such dignity to anything we do here on this earth.
0: There are no menial tasks. There are no lowly jobs. No. (laughs) They all can mean something. Yeah. Okay, number seven, only you know. Everybody has opportunities or moments in their lives where they can make a choice that only they are going to know about, where you didn't get caught and nobody saw you. So small as those are, these can be our defining moments. Only you know when you cheated on that test only you know whether you really meant that apology and only you know that you lied or were unfaithful or cursed god make your choices and behaviors with integrity the same as this, as if everyone was watching make mm. choices and take actions that make yourself proud of you because you know and that match the person that god made you to be you are a daughter or son of the king so act Like a prince or princess. Act accordingly. And if you do mess up or when you do mess up, make amends. Just own it. Yeah, Say you're sorry. Will you forgive me? And make it right. Move on. There's something really freeing in that. So which, like, can you define,
1: like, which prince or princess we need to act like? Harry and Meghan or William and Kate?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hot take. I don't know. More like Harry and Kate. I I mean, uh, William and Kate. I think yeah. so too. That
1: very sac- self-sacrificial.
0: They seem very self-assured. Word, yeah, I just want to stir up some controversy Real. for the
1: listens, Bonnie.
0: <laughs> Which prince and princess? It's
1: it's really true though. You know, when you wrote this, and I was reading it in preparation for this, it made me think like those quiet moments um, in the parking lot with the with the cart. No one's watching. Mm. Do I put it back? Do I not? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a little thing. There's there's big things with big stakes as well. But but he was um, faithful
0: and little yeah. and can be trusted with so much. So true. if you're not doing it in that little stuff, Ooh, that's it's so really true. easy to slide into mm, drop that truth bomb on me, into girl. The next thing.
1: It's true though and, and, and corollary to this one is where your heart and your mind goes to when you don't have anything to do in a quiet moment will really tell you a lot of information mm-hmm. about who you really are which is what you're talking about here. Mm-hmm. Who you really are and what you really love. I've been convicted by that more than once (laughs) recently. Okay. Number eight, mine is obedience is a great teacher. So again, I learned this one as a young mom and it's become more and more real to me as I've well obeyed the teaching of scripture. One of the psychological principles that you and I learned early on Bonnie was that in children actions precede beliefs, right? Don't touch the stove because it might be hot. And then, They do not really understand hot and cold even so much in those early years. But they'll eventually learn what it means and what a stove is for. But till then, you just obey.
0: Right. Do you want to teach them by showing them, by letting them discover that on their own?
1: (laughs) No. Yeah. Same thing for like running in the street. You know, when I call your name... Right, I need you to just stop and run to me, and there's reasons for that for safety.
0: Right, we're not just like, oh yeah, you'll figure out what cars are. Go yeah. ahead, figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> if I didn't tell no. you, but that seems so ludicrous it, to us I when know. we put it in those terms. I know. And those just small little obedience things, but I know. that's kind of how our culture is operating right now. Just yeah. for what it's worth, everybody
1: be playing in the street. <laughs> <laughs> Splat. <laughs> yep. Okay, so but in adults this is not true. Beliefs typically precede our actions. So back to my exercise example, I understand that exercise is good for me. When I really believe that, I have a much better chance of doing it. Mm -hmm. So when the disciples asked Jesus who would be greatest in the kingdom of heaven, he gave them an unexpected answer. It wasn't the person who did the most righteous deeds, although those are good and we should be doing them. It wasn't the one who avoided the most sin although that is really important too. It wasn't the one who knew the most scripture, even though we can be destroyed by lack of knowledge. Nope, it was the one who becomes like a child. Matthew 18, he called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me Hmm. so at least part of what it means to follow Jesus is to trust and obey him like little children even when we don't fully understand why and just like little children we gain understanding after the obeying and the trusting not before Jesus said that too Mm -hmm. and John he said to the Jews who had believed him Jesus said if you hold to my teaching you really are my disciples then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Actions precede beliefs in the kingdom of God, even for us grown-ups. and obedience is a great teacher.
0: Hmm. That's a step in faith. That's just, you know, if you don't believe that, try it,
1: try Y'all, it out and
0: see where that
1: gets you. I had just this week, I was just telling Bonnie, I did it. And I was like, can't you just like give me something I want to do to obey instead of this like, love my enemies thing or
0: where would the faith be
1: in that though? oh i know well i know i still want it to be easy <laughs> i want i want the treadmill to be on level two right. not level five six seven
0: <laughs> climbing the mountain steps. Uh, yeah yes. yeah yeah we all do but yeah just try that step out in faith and try that this week see so you... it's about uh, you know it's, it's cool. reading a book it's about cool.
1: swimming or it's jumping in the pool and swimming mm-hmm. reading a cookbook or actually cooking. I mean, obedience is a great teacher. Yeah. Try it. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Number nine, comparison, is a lose-lose game. So maybe this comes with age, the ability to throw off what other people are doing and not care so much. Eh. Probably somewhere in my 40s, I adopted that keep your eyes on your own paper motto pretty strongly. So unless I'm earnestly trying to get help or improve something, it really doesn't mean zero good to look at somebody else's marriage, somebody else's kids, somebody else's finances, their body, their spiritual maturity, their professional success. Because I used to tell my kids this all the time. There's always going to be people ahead of you and people behind you. Amen. And for the most part, comparison is just going to kill your joy. Your middle is not the same as somebody else's end. And my beginning is not the same as somebody else's middle. The only useful measure is to look at where I used to be and compare where I am now. I love how that. How far have I come in the past it's, six months, it's year, so whatever
1: important?
0: Yeah. Don't look at how far has she come and where am I compared to her. That's irrelevant. How far have you come compared yeah, to you?
1: Absolutely. You know, that will allow you to give yourself more grace and other people more grace, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. both.
0: It eliminates jealousy, it eliminates envy, it eliminates dissatisfaction, discontentment. All
1: the joy suckers. You you tell you said this may bring up the abstention bias. Can you explain what you mean by that?
0: Yeah, I think this is something that you told me or you started on a podcast or something maybe, the way that women weirdly uh when you're in a group of women and you say, "Hey, using your exercise example, I've been to the gym 3 times this week and I started a new bar class and it's really awesome." Our natural tendency is then to say to ourselves, oh, well, I haven't started a bar class. Maybe I should start a bar class. Or it's really been a long time since I've exercised. Maybe I should be starting to exercise. Like we're questioning. It's so true. Our own validity, even our preferences or desires or whatever, because somebody else says that. Happened all the time with homeschooling. If I
1: talked about homeschooling, I wasn't I was just talking about my life. Mm-hmm. I wasn't telling another woman, "Hey, I think you should do this." Like that was a cardinal rule for me. You don't ever go around telling people how they educate their children. Mm-hmm. Jesus can tell them how to educate their children, <laughs> and if they ask me, "Yeah, then I can talk." Right. But you're right. We do just go, "Oh, wait, should I be doing that? Why do we do that? Right. Because we're collaborators, not on the positive side. Because
0: women are so communal. Mm -hmm. We want buy-in, we want belonging, I guess. But I also think there's this some kind of societal, I don't know, insecurity that we get from media and... I don't know, the lies that we believe, all of that stuff, where yeah. we're constantly measuring ourselves in relation to somebody else. Yeah. Am I living up to things? Am I am I meeting the standard? What? Who's standard?
1: Mm-hmm. I, yes. I, I don't know. It's
0: an odd thing. Watch yourself the next time you're in a group and somebody brings up any, literally anything.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, we went on vacation to Disney. Oh, well, well, I haven't been on a vacation to <laughs> Disney. When was the last time we went on vacation? Yeah, I cooked this great meal for my husband. We got this salmon and we did this. Oh, well, she's a really good cook. I haven't really... It happens in every single area. It's really weird.
1: It Knock yeah, it off. Stop that. <laughs> I, I, you know what What I, you know, I love scripture so, so much. And when you put this rule down, it, I started looking through scripture. It made me think, I think there's something in there about examining yourself um, against yourself. Ah. And so in Lamentations, the writer of Lamentations wrote that Israel should examine and probe their ways and let them return to the Lord. So he's saying like, hey, <laughs> Probe your heart, Mm -hmm. look at your, look at your actions and turn back to God. And then Paul challenged the Corinthian church to test and examine themselves to see if they were quote in the faith. And in the Galatian church, he challenged each one to examine his own work. And then he will have reason for boasting in regard to himself alone and not in regard to another. Oh, see, so my rules for
0: life came from (laughs) actual reality of how scripture works. It's how the world works.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's that's general revelation at work right there. Mm hmm. And it's proved in special revelation of scripture. It's, it's so true. We we're afraid to examine our work though. We're afraid to get curious about ourselves. We're afraid to ask God to show us, you know, what's going well and what's not going so well, but he's not a big meanie. No, no. He's going to be nicer than me.
0: (laughs) That's right. And he's really, yeah, he's super gentle and he shows you what you can handle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just trust that trust that.
1: Yeah. So you're like, you, it's just what you said. You're measuring yourself against yourself. How far have I come? Mm -hmm. in six months, 12 months, give yourself some time and
0: yeah, give yourself some kudos for that. Yeah.
1: Um, all right. My last one is number 10, get curious about your emotions and behaviors. So Bonnie and I've been doing this a lot in this emptiness season of life, probably because of my temperament. Here's looking at you, ISTJs of the world, and because of another life rule about obedience that I just mentioned, I've, I've always been committed to not let my emotions rule my life or, you know, rule those around me. Now, did I always succeed? No, I did not. And sometimes those emotions were huge. Anxiety and depression being two in particular that I've mentioned a lot on here. Mm. So, in recent years, I've been discovering authors and doctors like Brene Brown, Dr. Caroline Leaf, Dr. Alex Lloyd, and others, and they're all teaching variations on this theme of getting curious about your emotions and your behaviors. So, Dr. Caroline Leaf says it better than I can, so I'll just uh, read to you from her website. We cannot run from or suppress our emotions. We need to get comfortable with feeling, even the emotions that don't make us feel so great in the moment. We need to be okay with saying things like, I feel sad or I feel anxious, but we also cannot just let our emotions rule us. Our feelings are signals that we need to tune into and self-regulate. This is how we learn and grow and heal. So I was just jumping to emotional regulation before examination, I think, as a young wife and mom. And well, that's was one like,
0: step better than a lot of us who <laughs> don't regulate at all or aren't yeah. aware of anything at all and, and or don't examine at all. We don't... We, I think the majority of us don't do any of that. Yeah. I, I really do. Please do it, moms. Please like do it. Right. We said we've made mistakes, learned some lessons. Yes. You're modeling it for your kiddos. You're modeling it in your relationships. So please. Yeah, that's a healthy step. Yeah. So
1: here are four main signals that she lists. It's your emotions, your behaviors, your physical symptoms, and your perspective or outlook. So for example... If I'm feeling irritable or hopeless, that's an emotional warning signal that I need to pay attention to. Um, if I am ignoring calls or texts or emails because I'm irritable or hopeless, that's a behavioral warning signal. If the world feels negative, things are never going to change, it's, life is always going to be this way, things are terrible, that's a perspective warning signal. And if I have muscle aches or pains, That's a physical warning signal. And a lot of times the body, the body is so smart. The body's like, I'm going to give you a pain because your emotional pain is so great. I'm going to distract. So for me, it was hip pain or back pain. And I could focus on that instead of what I was feeling.
0: Right. This is so interesting to me. I, I guess it's just our stage of life maybe. And I'm not sure you can hear it always when you're in your 20s, unless you have some kind of trauma that forces you to hear it or your thirties even. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you can just be aware of this information and know mm-hmm. that it's out there, it's so helpful to seriously, to just be able to say, I feel sad or I feel anxious. That's huge to know what you're actually mm-hmm. feeling and to, yeah. to name it.
1: Yeah. So, it's
0: huge. So this works. Um, you know,
1: I talk to Christians on this podcast. I talk as if you are a Christian and I, I know that probably there are not Christians listening to this. So you can just do this. You can get curious about yourself. And just go, hey, I wonder why I'm feeling so irritable and hopeless. And you just sit for a second mm-hmm. in that space. But if you're a Christian and you're filled with the Spirit of God, you can ask God as well. Will you show me? Why am I feeling this way? Almost always it comes bubbling to the top right. for me. Within a minute
0: or two. In the form of a, what, a picture, a, yes, a memory, yes, a thought, a, yes. a word, anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like the first Im- Um, impression.
1: Correct. Yeah. Um, a a situation might come to mind, a recent Mm -hmm. one, Mm -hmm. but it might just be the most recent one. And then if I really want to sit with it, I can go back and go, okay, when does this happen before? Mm -hmm. Uh, Dr. Is it a
0: repeating pattern? Yeah. When was the very first time I thought about this or felt this way? And when you dig dig down that deep, that's usually when your actual emotion comes to the surface. Uh Ding, 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 ding. Oh, Okay. Yeah. Well, Dr. Dr. Leaf
1: says that depression and anxiety are not actually disease states. She says they are symptoms. Hmm. they are warning signals from the body saying, Hey, I'm moving something from your unconscious or your subconscious to your conscious mind. So you can actually deal with it. Cause this is about to be a problem. Hmm. And so I need you to fix this problem and let's reshape this thought tree that All you've right. got. And, um, and I'm just, I'm so grateful you you exposed me to her work and Dr. Lloyd's memory code and love code and a healing, healing code. code. Yeah, so what
0: do you, most of us, our general reaction to that, depression, anxiety, instead of thinking, oh, this is a symptom to something, something must be shifting in me, there must be something I need to deal with here, we instead numb, distract, mm-hmm. medicate, mm-hmm. um, yeah and she says you know what if you got to medicate
1: to stable out stabilize even out okay Mm -hmm. she's like that's Mm -hmm. that's great that's fine but um here's some steps that'll actually help you replace that toxic coping memory tree that -hmm. you've got in your brain with a healthy tree Mm -hmm. and she's really doing a lot of what um dr alex lloyd is doing it's like what lie am i believing yeah What is, what is
0: called, what's triggering this? Yeah. It's so good. Our bodies are made to tell us what's going on. Yeah. And our spirits can respond and like literally give you that answer. So, um, yeah, this is so, such a good one. Her stuff is so interesting. She separates the mind and the brain. So
1: she's like, the, the mind is always at work. You can go, she says you can go three weeks without food, three days without water, but you can't even go three seconds without thinking Hmm. unless they put you under anesthesia or you go to sleep, Mm -hmm. but even in sleep, your mind is working. That's right. And she says the mind is actually now doing physical things in the brain. So this makes me think body, soul, spirit, mm-hmm. language we hear mm-hmm. in scripture a lot. And and so, yes, there's physiological things happening in your brain mm-hmm. and happening in your body. But your mind is super powerful,
0: which we know our
1: thoughts have power. Take every thought captive in yeah. obedience we to Christ. That. God was giving you the mental health, um, you know, advice he made us that's right yeah the advice he knew we needed you've got to take those thoughts captive and then praise god for modern science that really breaks that down for us
0: so i love this point that you say um it's important to remember that there's nothing wrong with you if you feel like you're exploding with emotions or your emotions are really close to the surface you're simply experiencing something that needs urgent attention and i think our general mental health assumption is in this country is if we are not happy and yes. feeling good, then we are mentally ill. Right. Which is. That's not true. That is so flat out false. No. Our emotions are good things and they're there to help us. Read the Psalms. Yeah.
1: The Psalms yeah. are like the, the array the of human nature. Mm-hmm. And um, and you'll see. Yeah. That's just the light. That's life on this earth until we're all renewed and restored. So as Eugene Peterson put it in the message translation from Proverbs 19, keep the rules and keep your life. Careless living kills. Mercy to the needy is a loan to God, and God pays back those loans in full. Discipline your children while you still have the chance. Indulging them destroys them. Let angry people endure the backlash of their own anger. If you try to make it better, you'll only make it worse. Take good counsel and accept correction. That's the way to live wisely and well. We humans keep brainstorming options and plans, but God's purpose prevails. It's only human to want to make a buck, but it's better to be poor than a liar.
0: (laughs) Oh, I love that. That's such a a way of with the words there. I know. I love it. So we hope that these are particular rules for life. Which are not the particular rules for life. Yeah, um, we're just, no
1: Jordan Peterson here.
0: That's right. If we're you know, dropping we're some heavy philosophy on either, you, <laughs> but you know, we hope they've been helpful in life giving and um, give you something to talk about at the very least.
1: Yeah, so. I mean, grab grab onto one of them maybe that resonates yeah. with you, and um, or
0: one you haven't thought of before, and un- try it
1: out. Unpack it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: so good. So you can connect with us on our website at justaskyourmom.com. Also, we're on Facebook and Instagram. And please take five seconds to rate and review our podcast and share us with your friends and family.
1: Yeah, that's how we grow. And send us your topic suggestions to justaskyourmompodcast at gmail.com. And we'll see you next time on
0: Just Just Ask Ask Your Mom. Mom.